You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel on 670 The Score. Back here on this Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly. Steve Cashel with you along with Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician for the Chicago Bulls. Our producer is Shane Reardon. Coordinating producer is Tracy Toro. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. That's also where you can find the subject of our next topic here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Ask the doctor. Go to sportsmedicineweekly.com, and underneath the picture of Dr. Cole and yours truly, you can click on a link. It says, Ask the Doctor. Click here, and you can ask the doctor a question. Got some good ones for you. Doc, you ready? I'm ready. All right, question number one. This is from a listener asking Dr. Cole, how can I maximize fat loss while exercising? So it's a great question. And one of the more common things that we'll get asked is, should we exercise uh, hungry or should we exercise after a meal? And there's some really interesting research that has looked at our metabolism and the effects of eating relative to when we do aerobic exercise. So some of the recent research suggests that when they compared individuals who were fed or fasting, those who were fasting and then exerted themselves in an aerobic exercise program did much better in terms of uh, higher fat oxidation and exercise performance. So uh, the take home of the current research is that, look, if you've got to make a decision to, 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 to run or do aerobic activity relative to eating, you may want to go while you're hungry and then consume for proper food, a balanced food in terms of protein and so forth as part of your recovery right? Uh, But don't go out there uh, fed and satiated, as we say. Right. So that's the rule of thumb. Okay, good stuff. Question number two, um, kind of, again, the uh, the food uh, issue here. Do high cholesterol foods, Dr. Cole, raise your serum cholesterol? You know, it's interesting. Not always. So, you know, one of the challenges... Explain uh, that, would you, you serum cholesterol? Yeah. So what is your blood level of cholesterol? And there's essentially two main forms of cholesterol. There's HDLs and LDLs, and that's the sort of the weight of the cholesterol. And HDLs are are generally good, and LDLs uh, are uh, not as good. So we want higher HDLs and lower LDLs. So it may have to be to do with the ratio rather than the total amount of cholesterol. So, you know, traditionally, we would always say like things that are saturated fats or trans fats are very bad. So that's like butter, margarine, shortening, beef or pork, things like that uh, can um, are, the, are the bad things. But it's, it's, I'd say that the take home today is that these, are, these can be okay because they actually may increase HDLs more than LDLs, even though cholesterol goes up. Um, but I think the bottom line is do it sparingly. So there's been a lot of evolution in uh, sort of the way we think about fats these days. And we've, you know, traditionally doctors have linked higher saturated fats with increased heart disease. But I, there's no question that's uh, been called uh, into a degree of uncertainty more recently. And um, now many researchers think that saturated fat may not be as bad as it used to be. So it's evolving. Every year we have a new fat, and it's hard to take uh, to get a great take home. But I would say that it's probably not as bad as it used to be. It may have to do with the fact that despite serum cholesterol rising with saturated fat, there's a disproportionate amount of HDLs, which are the good things, right. versus the LDLs, which are the bad things that uh, rise, so the ratio goes up. So uh, somewhat controversial, uh, but I would say that's one of those things you kind of want to watch the ball and do some reading on if you're one of those who is actually particularly interested in this topic. So many great questions from our listeners. Again, it's our Ask the Doctor segment. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, and you can ask the doc a question by going through our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Doc, next question. How do I ensure my workouts are productive? 
You know, Steve, it's a, I think the basic premise to maintain a productive workout is to avoid this concept of sort of motor memory. And I think the biggest challenge is that people get into routine and they do the same thing every day, three to five times a week, and they're wondering why they're not seeing any differences. And sort of the, the basic take home that I can tell our listeners is that you really need variety. So there's lots of ways uh, to get there, right? So one thing is changing the frequency with which you do say, let's say it's strength is one of the things you want to do. So you can lift two to three times a week, but if you're not following different routines, you sort of get into this humdrum and your muscles are, not, are seeing the same thing each and every time. So there's lots of things you can do. You can try what's called a split routine. You can alternate upper and lower bodies. Uh, you can do a total body program on one day, just do a split routine the next day where you do lower body. Basically, just mix it up and change the frequency. The other thing is just lots of variability in exercises. You know, there's progressions of exercises to challenge various muscle groups, um, but Bottom line is modifying and not doing the same thing each day. One day you may do extension things where you straighten you straighten the joints. The next day you may, you may do flexion things which flex the joints. And there's lots of tips on the internet that you can find about exercise progression. So exercise change is important. Another way you can do it, Steve, is just by changing the amount of sets you're doing. You know, you can do higher repetitions and lower weight or uh, you can do higher weight and lower repetitions, for example. And those are things that will differentiate between, say, endurance, uh, where you do lots of reps with lower weight versus mass and strength, where you do lower reps uh, and uh, maybe uh, an increased number of sets uh, with higher weight. So lots of ways to change that up. So changing your weights, changing your reps, um, really not getting into the same frequency and the same type of exercise over time uh, and changing your method of training can probably be the best thing you can do. So lots available out there in the public domain, um, but changing it up is really the theme of the story. You've got to uh, confuse your muscles, right? That's right. You need muscle confusion. Absolutely. I mean, even when I was doing the uh, my physical therapy for my uh, shoulder uh, after you did the surgery back in February, um, I remember, you know, at MOR in Oakbrook, you're great sports performance center. Those guys do such a great job with your PT, your physical therapy, but just some of the, the pulleys and the cords and different things, you know, I, I mean, I was, I love that because it's something I never did before. And I, right. I could tell I was gaining some, not only rehabbing my right shoulder, but I was gaining some good muscle definition in my left shoulder, you know, some, some different things that I've never done before. So I like the variable workouts there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, if you're, the thing is, especially as we get older, our metabolism shifts dramatically. And, you know, 40 is a big cutoff. And, and below 40, you could do sort of things that you'll respond to. I would tell you metabolically after 40, our, our nutrition needs change, our supplement needs change, and our response to activities change just because of our metabolism. If you think about what you do today, if you did the same thing, you know, 15, 20 years ago, your body responded completely different. So I would say these rules of thumb about muscle confusion and changing it up are even more important for us. Uh, if we're, you know, we don't have all day to work out, right? So you want to get the most out of your 45 minutes to an hour each time you work out. And these principles are really important. All right. Continuing on with our Ask the Doctor segment, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Here's one for you. Uh, how many steps, Doc, do I need to take each day to stay healthy? Steve, there actually is research in this area, and for some populations, the number of steps is a lot less than you think. There was a recent study that showed that older women, so these are women that are age 60 to 70, showed that the ideal number of steps per day to reduce premature death was 4,500, right? That's sounds not like that a, hard to it get. It sounds like a lot. It's not that hard to get. You know, I, I, I actually, you know, I, th I don't have the Fitbit right now and the number right. of steps so, and so forth, but 
I, lots of people and my friends and family members have it and they really use it. In fact, I asked my brother-in-law the other night, I'm like, why, you know, he says, oh, I just got my 12,500 steps. I'm like, do you really, like during the day, do you get reminded that you're not getting your steps? And he's like, yeah, every hour or so it cues him. So if he didn't get his steps in that hour, he gets up and does, you know, more to make up for the hour before. Wow. What's so, typical in a day? I mean, you mentioned your brother, is that your brother-in-law you said? Yeah, 12, he's, doing, well, he's trying to get 12,500 a day and, he, and that's just like a normal day of, you know, work, going back and forth, things, walking rather than, you know, taking other, some form transportation or if, if he has the option to sit or stand and move he'll s- get up and move do steps count uh do you do you add more steps when you run um well i'll say physiologically running obviously is a higher level of exertion so yeah. you're going to get more bang for your butt running uh getting your steps in that way that's for sure neat stuff okay uh continuing on got a couple more before we uh, say goodbye on this saturday morning uh is it okay to eat during a workout i i i never do although my workouts at the most are an hour and a half but i've never thought about eating 30 minutes in well the general the general feeling is that what experts say is that for high intensity long workouts you should consume about 50 to 100 calories for every 30 minutes so the really? answer is yes you know, recovery is a very important aspect of what we do because when you exercise, you break down your muscles. So certainly while you're exercising, getting a little bit of carbohydrates at the same time, using protein for recovery, whichever form you decide to take, is a good thing to have. So it's, it should be some general balance. It's obviously a little more protein dense, uh, but have, consuming calories, basic rule of thumb is 50 to 100 calories every 30 minutes and probably a disproportionate amount of protein with those calories. Great stuff. Dr. Cole, appreciate it. Great seeing you again, and uh, we'll see you again uh, next week for another brand-new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Sound good? Look forward to seeing you. All righty. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks again to our producer, Shane Reardon, coordinating producer, Tracy Torrell. Also, many thanks to David Cole for managing our website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks so much for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly. Don't forget our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Coming up next here on The Score, Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Talk with you again next week for a brand new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score. You've been listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, heard every Saturday morning at 8 with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel, only on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station.